for Javier not being here, he kills one more serial killer and he's made a net positive on the world. So <laughs> exactly. it's a good thing. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Anderson. Some shit. You ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We appreciate your help growing the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website. Subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates at whatsourverdict.com. And make sure if you're listening to us on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, please go leave us a review. We appreciate those. We do read those over the podcast, and that really helps us grow the podcast with those reviews as well. And we love feedback, so that's always good, too. Today, we are reviewing The Little Things. It was released January 29th, 2021. It was written and directed by John Lee Hancock. stars Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Jared Leto, Chris Bauer, and Natalie Morales. It is about a disgraced detective, John Deacon, who teams up with a rising star detective, Jim Baxter, to catch a serial killer whose MO is similar to a case from Deacon's past. Just a quick heads up, this is a deep dive, so if you haven't seen this movie, you want to wait, you want to avoid spoilers, we do have a spoiler-free review that you can go on YouTube and watch. Our YouTube channel, just search What's Our Verdict, you'll find us there, and uh, check out that spoiler-free, whether or not you should watch it. If you're okay with spoilers, hang out with us, so we're getting ready to spoil the shit out of this thing. So, Ian, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, as weird as that sounds, because it's one of those movies where, to be honest, not a lot happens as far as like <laughs> the plot goes. The characters, there's a ton, and 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 there's an interesting twist, I guess, at the end that was different. But we're gonna dive right into spoilers, man, because when we talk about the end of this movie, it's a big thing because there is a twist, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, there's definitely a yeah. bit of a twist, right? So you're ch they're chasing Jared Leto's character. Well, at first they just start out with you know this whole interesting Deacon's going back to L.A. Sheriff's Department to get a a piece of evidence for his current county sheriff department where he's at now. And that introduces that tension about there's definitely something that happened while he was there that's caused the captain to really not like him. Yeah. Um, like, cause that was a whole mess of, of tension there. And then, you know, he's got other people that recognize him and there's obviously something that went on, but really what it leads to is we get Jared Leto, who's their main suspect all of a sudden, and they're chasing him down the two of them. And at the end, obviously that's something happens and we'll just drop this spoiler right at the gate. So again, if you're not in for spoilers back out now, cause we're about to give the ending away. Cause to me, it leads to a very interesting conversation about the beginning that I want to talk about. And that is that Rami Malek's character, Jimmy just smacks the shit out of Jared Leto with this shovel and kills him. Yeah. Killed him in one blow. Yeah. I, it's a hell of a swing, man. Yeah. I was thinking maybe brain damage or like a lot of stitches, but man, don't, give, I, don't give Remy a shovel. Yeah. No shit. Well, that's why I told Casey is when he hit him and he's laying there and he's like acting like he's not getting up. I'm like, no way he's dead. I mean, I realize he swung that hard and that hurt. Yeah. That's a, that's a brute. It's not even like you hit him with the edge of the shovel. He hit him with the flat oh, side. Yeah. And I realized it was a spade shovel. So there's a lot of ridges on the back of that deal. But I'm like, it'd be one thing if he like slapped him with the edge of it and like hacked him somewhere. Yeah. But no, he flat popped him. And I was like, how is he dead from that? Like, that's crazy. So anyway. Which but really quick, if this guy drives you out to the middle of nowhere, starts having you dig holes, saying maybe here, maybe here, wouldn't you just be like, you know what? I'm going to come back with a whole team of people. We'll search this whole area. Like, I don't think you just start digging holes. <laughs> no. Until this guy, and man, and he's playing with you the whole time. Yeah. 
maybe here. I had a mess of problems with that ending too. Cause I'm like, okay. Cause here's the thing. Okay. So you hit him with the shovel and then we go into this whole cover up sequence that I don't want to get too much into yet. Cause that'll be the last part of what we talk about, but you go into this whole sequence and I'm like, why do you need to do that? All you have to do is say, dude attacked you. Yeah. And even if you get, well, why were you out there? Look, the guy said he would show me where the body was if it was just the two of us. And then he attacked one of us. And that, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and this, I, I, you know, me, I don't love talking about politics in the current situation in our country, but it's not like, especially in the 90s, it's not like they wouldn't have gotten away with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to bat an eye if this accused possible serial killer gets killed out in the middle of nowhere because he attacked a couple of cops. Nobody's going to care. For Javier not being here, he kills one more serial killer and he's made a net positive on the world. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Of course, that may that may get blown up when we talk about the end end, but that's okay. The reason I bring up this this whole him getting killed thing is because Jared Leto's character, and they give it away right out the gate at the very beginning of this movie, that Jared Leto is not our guy, okay? And they do that by the very first scene is this girl getting chased by our guy mm-hmm. in her car. When he gets out of the car, when she pulls over very stupidly, by the way, to the, the very closed restaurant slash gas station in the middle of fucking nowhere, she pulled over that. and stopped, and I looked at Casey and said, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> Yeah. That's clearly closed. Why would you stop? Just keep driving. As long as you've got gas in the tank, like you're good. Yeah. Just drive. Go to the next town. Yeah. Go to where there looks like there's some lights on. <laughs> anyway, so she stops and this guy gets out of the car and is like very Jason-esque horror movie, slow walking, chasing her throughout this desert out in LA, right? In the California. And when you see him walk, he has a very normal gait. Oh, I didn't even think of that. And then there's a very, there's a slow clip at the beginning where the lights, a certain light from the restaurant sign hits him. And you can see he has short cut hair with a hat on. And I thought, well, maybe he tucked all that hair because Jared Leto's character has very long hair. And so I thought maybe that hair was tucked up in his hat. No, hat looks normal. And then the other thing that I thought was, okay, maybe this was, this took place, you know, six months or a year or something before the whole Denzel and Rami Malek getting together to chase this guy thing. But no, because we then we see this blonde girl who's obviously still very disturbed and very recently comes in later in the movie to help identify. I didn't realize that was the same gal. Yeah, the one that when when she tries to identify the picture of Jared Leto's character and then they toss it because he saw she saw him in the building. Yeah. Which influenced her ability to identify it. That was the same girl that was getting chased in the beginning of the movie. Gotcha. That makes more sense now because I was like, who is this witness they're talking about? Yeah, that's her. So yeah, if you like the beginning of the movie, it's not you can tell it's not Jared Leto because Jared Leto's character has that weird bow-legged pigeon toed, not even pigeon toed, but like the opposite. Like his toes go out, like he's got a weird gait. Yeah. And then he's got the really long hair and he's actually much shorter than the guy they show at the beginning chasing that girl. Like if you look at the, so it's really, if nothing else, go back and rewatch the beginning of the movie. Cause you'll see this guy get out and you go, Oh fuck, there's no way that's Jared Leto. Now the two cops don't know that. Right. But for me, it really, when I went back and I just rewatched the beginning, cause I was like, I'm curious to see if this matches up with Jared Leto. Then, then I watched it and I'm like, dude, that's not even, so it really kind of messes with you on the twist of that movie, which yeah. is why I say, 
if you haven't listened, you probably listened by now, but we probably just ruined the whole end of the movie for everybody if they listened to this point so and haven't seen right. it. It wasn't that good of a movie. No, I mean, it wasn't that great. Yeah, it wasn't anything to be that overly cr- crazy about. But it was very interesting how it did that to you at the beginning. Like it set you up. And then you and I know for me, you'll, you'll tell me what you felt, but I, I immediately fell into this is your guy. Right. Yeah. And they set you up for that with the previews and everything else, because he's just this scumbag looking dude and the way that they lay him out. But it ah, it wasn't right. Well, he's a weird guy. And (laughs) talking about it now, I think he's just the equivalent of what these like crime. What do they call it? The crime file podcasts that everybody's into nowadays. He was just super into those and they didn't have those back then. So he would collect newspapers and learn all the details about these murders. So this guy's fault is just being too into crime stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. I just got to say, Jared Leto does an amazing job at playing really weird characters because this is another one of those where he just makes you feel uncomfortable. Like anytime he's in the scene, like Mm -hmm. especially in the interrogation room, like watching all three of those, like you mentioned on the spoiler free, it was the acting was great. Like may not have been the funnest movie to watch, but acting was on point. Oh, yeah. And that moment you're talking about that interrogation scene where the three of them are in the same room, especially and even more so like when it was just Jimmy. So Rami Malek and Jared Leto were in the interrogation room and Denzel sitting in that little side room looking through the window. Yeah. Dude, the look on Denzel's face, like how enthralled he is in the conversation. And he's like right up against the glass. And you know, and Jared Leto keeps looking at the glass because he knows who's back there because the dude's been like following him for days now. And then Rami Malek, who all three of these, it's like a masterclass for 20 minutes in acting and and sometimes subdued acting right because Rami Malek's just so calm almost this entire movie he's just chill and collected for the most part like serious when he has to be but never like loses his shit until the end yeah and then Denzel's all over the place like he's really calm he's laughing he's joking he's serious and then all of a sudden like in that when he comes into the room and he goes after Jared Leto's character (laughs) oh boy that was great. See, what I was thinking in the the middle of the movie wasn't did this guy do it or not. Like I thought he was. I how do I put this? I felt like instead of this being both Denzel's and Remy's killer, I thought it was Remy's killer who Deacon Denzel Washington's character really wanted to be the one that also was for him he like he wanted to have the closure and find that and you know the ending make it worth what happened so that's what i was initially thinking until you told me about the start because i didn't i didn't realize that that wasn't the same person yeah it's really that's an interesting because i did think for a second that maybe jared leto's character especially because the first thing he says out the gate when you meet him is i love crime like i'm very into crime and i thought maybe he was a copycat from yeah from Deacon's case, the original one. Somebody that um, got so into these crimes that the only way to get more out of it was to step into it fully. And that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. And it just was. And I think to to this movie's credit and all the marketing's credit and even the writing, the one thing that they do lead you up to is whether you think like, you know, you were talking about he's like a copycat or he's doing something. He's a, a different killer that they're trying to pin everything on. But you always, in my opinion, you always think he's a killer until the very end. 
yeah. like the very, very end. Right. And so it's like, they did very good at sinking you into that narrative mm -hmm. so that the twist, the second twist at the end, I guess the third twist at that point was <laughs> even more shocking. Right. That so yeah. you're like, Oh shit, that is crazy. And they did a really good job hiding the, the, the things that could give it away pretty early. So yeah. I liked that part too. And, and even though they give it away at the very beginning with this guy, that is the guy you still have to go back and look at it to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, so it was really, like I said, cause I missed it completely. Like I was so interested in it being Jared Leto because that's what they make you think even through all the previews and everything else that I, it was never, never crossed my mind that it couldn't have been him. So it's an interesting, well, interesting it's, dilemma. It's kind of cool how they do it too. Cause you as the audience are trying to figure it out just like the characters. Mm -hmm. And so you're going through that whole experience of like, okay, there's somebody out there. Oh, we found our guy. And then by the end was, did we really find our guy? Like, does the evidence actually line up? Really well done. That's a good point. Cause it kind of leaves you at the very end thinking, whoa, I messed up. Like, that's what that feels like to think you have it completely right. And to realize, I don't know if I'm even remotely right. Right. You know, and it, you so just want it to uh, fit so bad that you kind of start ignoring the, the little signs that it, the little things, the little things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's the thing that sticks out to me this movie the biggest. But I also wanted to talk about, I don't usually talk about a lot about it. I'm mentioning it in our podcast, but I mentioned it in the spoiler free too. The music in this movie was unbelievable because there wasn't a soundtrack per se, right? There wasn't like you heard a bunch of songs. I think there was only like two songs you heard throughout the movie. One in the apartment where the girl, when the power comes back on and that radio is yeah. playing super loud. And then the other one was like in a car when they were sitting there listening and and the music turned on but that if i remember right the, that's the only real music in the start of the movie where the girl's rocking out <laughs> oh that's true that's true yeah yeah that's fair very 90s tune but on I that agree with you. i like the music added like normally i try and take notes on a movie yeah. but with the content and the feeling that it gives you and all that other stuff i felt like i needed to focus in the entire time and i think the music helped out a lot with that yeah and there was this one theme that kept playing this one melody and it wasn't even a melody it's music i can't even call it a melody but it was like this beat of like do, 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 do. like it just i can't even explain it was just like these hard hits of like almost like a timpani or a bass drum that was kind of soft but every time it went like i looked at the screen because mm -hmm. it felt like something crazy was about to happen but it was constantly going just randomly and so you would just be like what is happening right now and so it was just so intense and i loved it because to me music just makes scenes so much better okay. and in this case it just worked all the way through because it wasn't even like it was some big sweeping you know score that like it, you know it's not like these one of these ones that's memorable in that like star wars or indiana jones or something like that but it is something that affects you as you watch this movie so I'd, I'd be remiss if we just didn't talk about that for a half second like we have but it was so good and added so much to this movie it did the other thing that really did was the visual the way that the visuals were laid out this movie is extremely dark almost all the time yeah and that really affects how you watch this movie too it almost got to be weird to see sunlight like yeah. in the movie. it was kind of interesting where you yep. get so used to this dark gloomy feel that when they were out in the daytime it's like what what are these guys doing like shouldn't be out right now yeah see i thought the same thing because there's only like two or three scenes that are actually in the daylight the yeah. initial most of the beginning of the movie after that initial scene of the girl getting chased is in the dark but everything after that for the first 15 minutes 20 minutes until they go to the murder scene 
is in the daylight at the the LA Sheriff's Department where the, yeah. with the interview and everything else that's going on. But then once it goes to nighttime, once they hit that scene, I think there's only one or two other scenes. One of them is when he sees his wife, he goes to his ex-wife's house, mm-hmm. Denzel. And then the next one, I think, is the very end going around right oh yeah you're right you're right him driving him in the car yeah not a lot of daylight which is cool and it makes for an interesting contrast to where the tension's just ramped up as soon as it goes dark in the movie yeah so i love the way that they added tension in so many different ways yeah they did and even i kind of already talked about it but like jared's little Jared Leto's character felt constantly added that tension where you were expecting him to do something like off the wall or crazy and even though he pretty much is fairly calm and through the entire movie he doesn't do anything crazy but he brings that tension along with all the other elements that are there so the uh when he's following them and they go to the mile marker and they switch sides on the highway like two times it's like holy cow he knows so good well, and I love too, like the first time you see Jared Leto is when he go when Denzel goes to the repair shops mm-hmm. and he goes to ABC and then the like next down the road, like two hot thing, two buildings is one that's triple A. And he you just see the realization of, oh, this lady probably looked at the wrong one yeah. and said the wrong story. So he walks into AAA and starts asking. And all you see is in this crack in the curtain in the back, Jared Leto leaned to the side in his chair. And his face is just kind of all you can see is like the middle of his face through the crack. And he's looking going, oh, they're looking for me. And so it's just so good. The way he, you're right, he he ramps up the tension every time he's on the camera because he never but, loses it ever. No, he doesn't. He holds it the entire time. And which I wanted to ask about this: if this character was indeed the serial killer, would he have picked somebody that they could trace him back to like that? Like, would he have picked this gal that he went and did a repair for, or would it be more like? Do you, would he pick somebody that they they can kind of like follow back? Or would he pick somebody more at random? Like, for instance, the girl jogging. I have no connection to her. Um, It's more like a target of opportunity type of a thing rather than this guy who goes, repairs the fridge. People know that he's been to that specific apartment and he murders her. And I just didn't, I didn't know which way to go on that because he seems so sharp in everything else. So here's the thing. Okay. So this is one that I would, yeah, I want to talk about too. And I'm glad you brought this up because it leads me to this next point that I have. I think that the only thing that Jared Leto's character is guilty of in this is moving that body. And I say that because they found his fingerprints there, which could have been because he went to repair the fridge, but the the fridge wasn't actually repaired, right? Yeah. So if you think about it, Jared Leto's also the type that's going to use the room that they that Denzel found that they were watching. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if he went to repair it. Like he, they get the call, he goes and he watches. He finds out that this is some single girl. But to me, it's like he goes to repair this fridge, and the girl was already dead because she was moved like three days later. Right. Right. So she gets killed. He goes moves the girl because it's a thing for him. Right. Yeah. He didn't actually kill her, but he moves her and then sits there, listen, like walk, looking at the body, brings the beer because the beer matched what was in his fridge. It was the same beer he drank, right? Yeah. So he goes and gets the stuff, puts it in the fridge, watches the body until the power goes out or whatever it is, and then leaves. 
So I could definitely see that being, and that's one of the ways that he knew so much about that particular, that's how he get tracked, gets tracked back to the, you know, the repair place. Because I think you're right. If he was the actual killer, I don't think he leaves. He's smart enough, sharp enough, and knows enough about procedures and things like that, that he doesn't get tracked. Right. right? The other piece that I thought about with him was, and this is another interesting point, is he wanted to get caught. The guy tried to admit to a crime, what was it, like two years before or something? something like that yeah. 10 years before tried to because conf- he knew so much about what was going on with it because he's this this crime guy to the point that we hear that he he has we see that he has a police scanner in his apartment later in his home later so yeah. he knows a lot about it so he tried to admit to being a killer and then they found out he's not so i think he wanted to get caught which may be another reason that he made it so obvious you know a way to get tracked back and that's kind of where i came up with that he moved the body because it made it easier for them to put pin it on him yeah Maybe because I, I really do feel like he wanted to get caught because he wanted to be that. But I don't think he ever had the balls to actually do it. Well, and that's super interesting because I didn't think of what you're mentioning about him, like the ki- the killing happening and then him coming later and moving the body. And that's how he gets tied up into it. But I think that's a super good point to, to where he's not again, like he's not the person you're looking like he's creepy. He's really into some weird stuff, but he's not the one running around murdering people. So ah, that's super interesting. Yeah, isn't it though? That was... Yeah, I could definitely see him being the one that moved the body three days later. Because this killer, the actual killer, doesn't strike me as one that's going to go back either. Yeah. So, like, he just, it doesn't, he doesn't feel that way, right? Because as we learn, and we might as well jump down into this road, because why the hell not? When we find out later that with Denzel's character, the whole thing that got him in trouble, which is, was an interesting way that they played that out in this movie, too, is the different, like, they piece together from Denzel's past from Deacon's past starts off with him overlooking in his blue suit. You see he's dressed nicely and looks over and sees these three girls up against this rock that have the bags over their head and everything else. And then it moves to, you know, and then we start to see flashbacks from this scene all the way up to the point that we realize what got him in trouble is he accidentally shoots one of these girls that was alive. And this killer, if he goes back, he's, he wouldn't have, she would not have been alive, right? Like it's, you don't just, this guy's too meticulous to go back yeah, and he's not going to get caught. He's too good to think even leaving her, he's probably going to get caught. So it's very interesting. I just don't see him going back. Now the other, other thing that I thought too was this girl gets killed and he moves this guy moves her who's to say that Jared Leto didn't put the white plastic bag over her and set it up in a way that looked like an original yeah. killing again not because he was the guy that did it originally but because he is so into crime he's like I'm gonna make it look like this person yeah so it would have been I mean, it's been interesting to talk through this movie because there's so many things that I didn't think of that now make perfect sense and fit together like that it's, it's a very making me like the movie more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very nuanced movie. Like that's the one, and yeah, it's it's interesting the way it plays together that way. Yeah, it um, is. especially knowing everything that you know now. It's one of those movies that, like you said, it's great to talk about after you've watched it because I think you pick up on more after the fact than you do while you're watching it because you're so honed in. They do such a good job of honing you in like these cops on Jared Leto's character that you, you yeah. don't think about till the end all the other things that could be going on. So what did you think about that twist that you find out that what sent Deacon off the edge was while they're at this scene, he accidentally shoots this girl, Mary Roberts, and kills her on the scene scene which does a whole lot of things i mean that ruins your ability to ask her did you see his face do you know who did this now you have an unsolved murder 
double murder that turns into a triple murder because they cover it up, which yeah. is why, of course, the captain hates him, why he has this strange relationship with his with the coroner because she helps cover it up. And then finally, the only person that seemed like handled it okay with his, was his partner, Gil, yeah. what was his name, Lou or whatever. Yeah. Sal, that's yeah, Sal, yeah. And also, like it mentions how he pushed and worked so hard that he ended up with a heart attack and a divorce, and it makes it makes all that make sense. Yeah, uh, knowing because once you've done that, like that guilt will. I can't imagine how both the the downside, but also the driving factor that that became for him. That's where I think like he wanted so bad for it to be him, and I at the end. I, I, here's a question for you. Do you think he knows it wasn't the right guy? Because he sends that Barrett to Jimmy's character to kind of like give him some peace about the situation. But do you think Denzel's character knows or was it just a, I found someone kind of a thing? Yeah, I think he knows. And I think the reason he knows. So for me, this was a twofold thing. So when he goes there and he sees that, that Rami Malek's character, Jimmy's killed this guy, he says stay here, bury him. And then he goes back to the house. And I think he was going back to the house to find evidence that it was this guy. Cause I mm. think this would have played out differently if he'd gotten into the, cause he's pulling all this stuff out of this dude's house. He's bagging it up and he finds that little box that's in the, in the floorboard. And I thought, okay. And then they don't show you that what's in it. And I thought, good, there's his proof, right? That this yeah. is the guy. Then we find out later that that box is empty. There's no souvenirs. There's not anything well, in was- that box. The first time he went to the house, there was stuff in it, right? Like there yeah, was just the newspaper, newspaper articles. articles. Okay. So he takes that box and we know that it wasn't full of souvenirs except for the newspaper articles, which is no proof at all. Again, yeah. because this guy is a murder fan. So he wants this crime fan. He's going to be having those anyway. So he, he finds this box. And I think if he'd have found more evidence at the house, I think they would have set it up differently, right? He doesn't have to cover it up at that point. They just say, this guy's our murderer. We found him out here digging holes or, you know, he was taking us to show us, like I said, you don't have to cover it up at that point, but because there's no evidence pointing to him, now you have to cover this thing up. So I think he knew, and I think he also knew that he, what he went through by killing someone, trying to find a murderer and in that situation, he doesn't want Jimmy, who's obviously a very good detective, to end up like him, especially with the, you know, he's got two kids and a wife. And so he's been through what Jimmy's about to go through and the not knowing and the wondering. So he sets it up so that Jimmy will know, quote unquote, know by sending him the red bread that would tie him to him. Yeah. This is the guy. You don't have to feel as guilty as you do. You killed a murderer. Move on. Do your job. Don't let it consume you like it did me. Yeah, I agree with you there. Which also creates a problem because what happens when these feds come in? Because now the FBI is involved. What happens when they come in and catch the real guy? Right. Or just another murder happening. Yeah, exactly. What happens when another body pops up with the same MO? Because now you're talking about, I mean, this whole thing's just a hot mess at that point for him because he goes right back to it and now not only that but he hates fucking deacon because he lied to him right so yeah it's a whole that's a whole heap of trouble it's one of those story endings that sounds good but then when you think about it like doesn't doesn't hold water yeah (laughs) he's gonna find out because there may not even be their work in the case but he's gonna hear he's gonna for sure yeah all it takes is one more body popping up like that yeah and it's interesting because I wondered too, does Denzel's character, does Deacon think they're never going to catch this guy if we haven't caught him up to this point? Because obviously they're in 1990 now, those killings with those three girls and Mary Robert, 
or with Mary Roberts took a long happened but long before. Yeah. So do they just figure we haven't caught him up to this point? We're not going to catch him. Period. Even the FBI is probably not going to catch him. So that's his bank. I mean, that's the only thing I think is he's banking on this guy's not going to get caught. So I I don't know. It's just such a tough decision to make. I get why he does it, but I just don't feel like it helps anything. Right. Not in the yeah, long run. I agree. Such a crazy way to end this movie. It is. Well, and it even makes me wonder if the person Deacon was trying to find in the past is even the same killer. Because like you said, if Jared Leto's character goes into that apartment and sets it up like this one he's been hearing about, you don't even know if it's the same killer that's doing this because they talk about how the killer's likely moving around from spot to spot like a shark and all this other stuff. So why would he come back to an area he's killed people before and leave another one? Mm-hmm. So I, I think he would be bouncing around all over the U.S. like we've heard some serial killers do to try and like can't put all the pieces together. So yeah. I don't know. Well, and, and the other thing that I thought too was, yes, the bodies were moved in the one from ni- earlier than 90 that Deacon was looking at. They were moved post-mortem. But again, I go, this guy that you see, he obviously doesn't kill and leave people in an apartment. He doesn't yeah. go into their apartment and kill them and leave them there. Why would this guy change MO in you know the middle of that? So I think you're probably right there. It's probably could very well be a different killer altogether. And Jared Leto's character, if he did, which it seems like he probably is very reasonable to say he came in and set that scene up to say, you know, this was a very different killer, but now it looks like him because Leto's obsession yeah, and the timing just worked out that way. So interesting. Oh, man. I really Dangerous like movies that has a very understandable ending sometimes. This is just not one of those movies. No, it's not. And and that's why, it's, just to be honest, it's one of the reasons I love that we do these podcasts and have these movies because then we can talk through them and it's not just me sitting in a room by myself racking my brain or getting Casey to look at me, will you stop talking to me about this fucking movie? Cause <laughs> <laughs> you get like a chance to debrief on it and yeah. talk through it. Yeah, I agree. Well, and yeah. there's a lot of things that have been brought up that I didn't even think of, so... It's been it's made the movie better for me to be able to talk about it than it was watching it. For sure. And I think that's an interesting thing about this movie. So I did mention the other thing I want to talk about is I did mention in the in the spoiler free that this movie was written. So John Lee Hancock, who has a very serial killer name, by the way, which I found that very ironic. But John Lee Hancock, who wrote and directed this, he wrote this screenplay originally 30 years ago. So he wrote it back in the 90s. And I found it very interesting that they put it in the 90s. At first, I was like, why the fuck are we in the in 1990? Like, what a weird. T- and then I thought, like you said in the spoiler free, well, there's no cell phones. Yeah. There's right. no GPS. I did get a kick out of him having a beeper. That was yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah, his wife's paging him in the middle of the day. Yeah, so I, but one of the problems that I had with this is that because of the 1990s, like it almost puts you in a perspective where it felt forced to me. Like you wanted this twist, you wanted to be able to tie this together that way. But doing it, taking us all the way back to 1990 almost feels, un, I don't want to say it's unnecessary because it was necessary for the twists and the plot moves of this movie. Because without that, it, you can't take this guy out to the middle of the desert and not know where he's at, right? Because all yeah. the cop cars, the, the cars they use, all the police, the phones, everything's low jacked. Everything has the ability to be tracked based on cell tower pings and everything else. So there's no way to have this movie work modern day but i also i struggle with movies that the only reason that they go back in time is so that i don't have a way of being more effective they don't have a way of being more effective at their job yeah so the plot line actually makes sense 
Yeah. I would like it if you had taken your 30 years ago script and adapted it in a way that allows you to do, because I mean, to a certain degree, you could still do a lot of this movie. You just couldn't do the out in the middle of the desert without, but you make him get rid of his cell phone. You make him not take a police car, right? Or you make him, maybe he, I mean, they drove what's his face's car anyway, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if he's got these old cars, so I think there's ways to do it in modern day. And I think it would have fit even more, would have made it more interesting to me because this guy has to be even more intelligent to beat the system. Anyway, that was just my one thought about this whole time jump to fit the the story. But yeah, at least with this one, it's got a pretty understandable excuse to go back to the 90s. Like if you like if it's one thing, if you write it now and you're like, I don't know how to make this work without all the technology. So I'm going to go back here in the this was written 30 years ago. I'm not as critical on it as I would be if it was like, uh, yeah, we can't make this work. So we're going to go back in time where you don't have all these locations and GPS and all that jazz. So That's which I fair. feel like is happening a lot in movies yeah. lately. That's fair. That's a good point. And I, I think it's cool that he got to make his movie, right? That he wrote this 30 years ago and he finally gets to make it and That's it worked. Great. I can't think of anybody in the 19 in 1990s that, well, I mean, I guess Denzel was still acting in the 90s, but he was a very different actor back then. So he couldn't have got the old grizzled detective that's gone <laughs> through some shit, right? He, yeah. That doesn't work back then. But I, yeah, so I think back in the 90s, there were actors, but I think this movie really benefited from the time jump because of the, the being able to put those three together is pretty cool because they were amazing. Yeah. Unreal. They did really well. Cool, man. You ready to rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. If this is your first time joining us, we do uh, rate these movies based on a zero to five scale. Zero being just the absolute worst movie we've ever seen. Five being an absolute gem of a movie. We'll do that so you know kind of where that falls for us. I'll kick us off, Ian. And I'm going to give this right down the middle of the road. I, I really feel like I was going to give it lower until we start talking about it. And then the more I start to kind of like with you, I, I really feel like there's more depth to this movie than I gave it credit for because I was so caught up in what I wanted to see and what they the road they lead you down so effectively that the twists almost felt forced and, and pointless to me as I finished the movie. Now I look back on it, there's even more little nuance that I think I didn't hone in on as much as I thought I did until I start talking about it. And then I'm like, wow, there's a lot more to this movie. What else did I miss? What else do I need to see? So I'm going to give this movie a three. I think before I was going to give it about a one and a half, two, I just wasn't feeling most of it. I thought the acting was phenomenal and it carried this movie through. But I think the writing is a little better than I gave it credit for initially. The music's really great. Uh, the score's fantastic. The tension's really ramped up the visuals they keep it dark so that tension sticks it's really an interesting story about human nature and how we get caught up in our our lives and how we will go to extremes based on what we know and i think everything in this movie is very extreme but they play it out very well in a very typically believably believable manner in the movie so i did like that it was a little long. I mean, it's a little over, just barely over two hours long. Yeah. I think there was a lot of things. You could have cut down some of the unnecessary stuff. Like, we know this guy's tortured. I don't need him to go have a 10-minute conversation with his wife that just shows me how tortured. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we know he's tortured. I don't need the extra stuff that wasn't there. There were some scenes with Rami Malek and his family that I think were meant to show, like, his slow fall into this kind of obsession with this case, kind of to the parallel of what Deacon was going through. But again, I don't know that it was 100% necessary for the movie. I think you could see that as they were investigating. So I think I would have liked it more if they had just kind of avoided some of those extras to try to emphasize where these two characters were at. Does Not to say it was bad. I just don't think it 
added as much as they feel like it might have and made the movie a little longer. I think in an hour and 45 minutes-ish, this movie would have been much better, would have held my attention throughout, and I would have been like, ah, this isn't unnecessary. But overall, I think it was a great movie, especially better now that we've talked about it. I probably will watch this movie again. I'm going to give it a minute. It's a pretty heavy movie. I I don't know if I want to – I don't like to overload myself with that much heavy all at one time. So I'll probably watch some different things in between. But I think at some point I will watch this movie again to try to catch some other things that I may have missed and kind of reiterate some of the things that I'm starting to formulize these theories on. And so, yeah, I probably watch it again. And I give it, I give it a three. What about you, Ian? No, I'm sort of in the same boat in that I kind of had my rating thought out before we started doing the podcast today. And as we've talked more and more about it, I've realized how much more depth there is to the movie. I think they could have done a little bit better at pointing out those things that kind of make you question because it took a, a, you know, like 30, 40 minute conversation between two people watching it and picking out different things to start to put it together. So I think they could have done a little bit more to cast doubt on Jared Leto's character because with the twist at the end, it kind of makes it almost not about the actual killer, but about these, or well, a former detective in the, and Remy Malik's detective character. So I, I was initially coming in thinking at 2.5, but I'm going to go up to three just because of how interesting it's been to talk about it. Again, the acting was great. We've talked about that quite a bit, but yeah, it just, it ended up being more interesting than I thought it was going to be now that we're past watching the movie trying to think if there's anything else that stuck out i feel like it's it's an entertaining movie it's average a little bit above average i guess so it's worth watching if you can stream it or you're looking for something new but it's i don't know that i'd go and watch it again even if somebody really wanted to i'd be like eh, maybe not it is heavy it's a heavy movie but i think once is enough on my thinking <laughs> i can definitely see that and I think the only reason I'm watching is because I movies get me that make me miss stuff. And I so I don't like that. So I, it's not because I think I'll be more entertained by it. It's because I want to know what else I missed. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's it's less about the movie for me watching it and, and more about what else did this movie cause me to miss. And that can either be because you could say the writing was really good or it wasn't very good at all. Like you said, they could have done right. more to put doubts in your mind earlier about Jared Leto. And I think they wanted you to be so fully engrossed because they wanted you to feel like these detectives at the end where you're like oh shit we messed up right but again i don't know that i think they could have done a little different but cool there it is guys there is our verdict three across the board check this movie out if you need something new to be honest with nothing coming out it's a good choice to go watch once right like it's it's a good enough movie that'll entertain you and and again there's nothing coming out right now at least for another week or so so it's worth checking that out but uh yeah that's our rating. Check us out at whatsourverdict.com. Go there, subscribe to our email list. We'll send you exclusive content updates, what's coming out for the rest of the month. And then hit us up on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, what, at What's Our Verdict. You can also send us an email at hosts at whatsourverdict.com. Let us know if there's something you want us to watch. New movie, old movie, we'll watch them all. Do a review for you. We'd love to do that anytime. So let us know your feedback. We want to hear what you guys think. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you you leave reviews that'd be great next week make sure you tune in we'll be doing an arbitration series with mr and mrs smith and killers and yeah we appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one